0: Hi everyone, Ashley Brown here, welcome, it is Wednesday night, it is as promised an emergency Hawks Insiders safe space We said that if there was some interesting trade news about the Hawks, we would jump onto the Twitters to talk about it And tonight there is what, well I think we can call it a minor bombshell, probably not altogether surprising as we'll discuss in the next 20 minutes or so This won't be a regular one hour or so spaces, but we'll get stuck into it for the next 20 minutes or so that uh, Mitch Cleary on Channel Seven News reporting this evening that Tom Mitchell, Hawthorne's twenty eighteen Brownlow medalist, has uh, is thinking about or uh, requesting a trade, wants to uh, move on to a different club next season. Um, Mitch himself, as in Mitch Cleary, was uh, out for dinner. It was hopeful he was going to try and join us, but uh, to discuss the story a bit more, couldn't. But uh, we're plenty of wise heads here to go through this news over the next little while or so. So I'll quickly go around and say hello to Darren. Hello, Daz.
1: Hey, Ash. Um, good to be here tonight with everyone. Thanks so much for joining Rad us.
0: Brad is here with some strong views. Hello, all. Great to be Simon. here. Welcome. Simon Morowitz, hello.
2: Thank you very much, Ash. What a night. It is a
0: night. And Danny Prins is here as well, the voice of reason, the sensible one amongst us. Hello, Danny. Ash, how are you going? Good. So the first thing, I'm just going to to throw some points up and you guys just jump in. As always, if you've got a point, you've got a question for us, a discussion point, more or less on topic tonight, please uh, make a request to speak. We will endeavour to get to you also in the next little bit of time. The first thing I want to say is that uh, when the news broke tonight, that nobody was particularly surprised.
1: Absolutely not. And I think... um... Tom Mitchell probably wasn't surprised because I think Sammy and I've been saying it a few times this year has, has been sending him little messages through the year, starting him on the bench, um, limiting his game time, having him sit in a Ford pocket. Um, so I don't think it's really surprising to anyone, least of all Tom Mitchell.
3: Not at all. Uh, writing's been on the wall as the seasons are prog- uh, progressed, as you've said, Daz. Probably the last five to six rounds Tom was starting each game on the bench starting the second half on the bench and was probably only playing anywhere from probably 70 to 75 percent game time so Sam spoke about it you know probably halfway through the year probably even uh, before that saying he was looking to phase out Tom and uh, Jager. Uh, Jager in my opinion overall had a better year than Tom. Tom's Numbers are still pretty solid, but I think that's just uh, because of how poor our uh, midfield was and has been for the last couple of years. So it's not a surprise. I know I've spoken about it the whole season, most of the year, especially in the second half of the year that I strongly believe Tom was going to be traded. And I still think at best, if we can get a pick anywhere between, say, 27 and 33, we take it and we run. There'll be a lot of our supporters, as I've said all year, who believe he's worth a pick, probably fifteen to twenty. That's not going to happen.
0: Brad, we'll get to so, that. We'll get to the, we'll get to the yeah. talk, trade. We'll, we'll, we'll get to what the tra- how a trade could work and who the suitors are in a sec. Um, Simon, what were your thoughts when you when you heard the news break?
2: You know, you're talking about whether or not it was shock, and, and for me, these things don't come out unless they're pretty confident they're going to happen. So for mine, they've got a buyer. And because we're, we're not really finding out who it is, it probably means that their season's still alive. So, for me, the biggest shock was that they found a buyer at all. I mean, like like we tried to chip him off last year and, and no one wanted him. So, a year later, we thought it would be a harder. So, obviously, um, we've talked someone into it and, and that I think for Tom, for Hawthorne and for the club that he's going to do, it's probably going to be a great result.
0: Danny, let's talk about the construct of how it could all shake out. What happens... Uh, we, we think, you know, if the stories emerge and the serious discussions have uh, already taken place, you would imagine, and uh, some uh, will be right there, already preferred suitor. So, uh, how, let's talk, and you and Brad can run this conversation. Because I know Brad loves this sort of stuff as well. You guys debate how, the parameter of how a deal might look.
3: Princy, you go first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll see okay. I agree. Yeah, no, it's, um, I think
4: it's it's a wait and see because it depends on... Who is the interest of party? I know they they linked Collingwood and, and Collingwood as a destination makes sense. They're not a good midfield team. They've got a few of their midfielders um, sort of heading on the way out. Uh, the Pendlebury's aren't going to last forever. Taylor Adams is never fit. Um, and Mitchell could fit into that midfield unit fairly seamlessly uh, and give their outside runners a bit more uh, first use of the ball. Um, So if we use Collingwood as an example, then we need to work out um, what picks they have in our area or what young players they have um, that we might be interested in and then try to facilitate a deal from there. I slightly disagree with Brad, but not by much. I think that Mitchell could garner a pick in the 20s and possibly even in the low 20s if we were to, as I suspect we might be, pay a portion of his salary for next year. And I think if you think about the Pies, who are paying lots of players to play at different clubs, um, this year and, and possibly again next year if they ship off Grundy, they would need uh, a financial incentive or some support there in order to take on Mitchell's contract. So I would suspect that there would be a large portion of that contract paid by us, which would in turn help us to get some sort of better award.
3: I'll throw one to you, Prince Eve. Collingwood is the side. Their second pick at the moment is only pick 41. Uh, Ollie Henry... Is a good, potentially a very good up-and-coming medium to small four who can play tall, a position I believe we lack and need to fill. Would you do Mitchell and um, Mitchell for say Ollie Henry and forty-one, or do you think that's uh, unders?
4: Uh, I would do that. I'd pull the trigger on that. I think, um, like you said, I, there's there's a bit of a there's a bit of a smell around Ollie Henry at the fires. And I, um, I'm not sure if it's just a, you know, he's not a great bloke or... Um, Ash Johnson. Just, Is that just, his uh, name got? Yeah. Oh, you reckon he's just been um, overtaken?
3: <laughs> well, I think he has. Uh, uh, Ginevan's going to be a star. He's been brilliant. And that was one that yeah, got they away. Have a lot of
4: similar players, don't they? Mad um, Hawthorne
3: supporter, who we could have had him. A lot of other clubs could have. He would have been a great pick-up. But I think... Their forward line seems to be uh, set at the moment. Uh, yeah. Oli Henry played a bit at the start of the year and showed really good signs. And the thing I like about Oli Henry is is he can play tall as well. He's got a really good mark. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the play that we made. So, I think you know, he
4: just doesn't yeah. uh, put on the defensive pressure that uh, the Pice forward coaches wanted to see early in the season. I know that when he was dropped, that's what they said to him because I was surprised he was dropped at all. Um, And they said, you know, go and work on your defensive pressure and stuff like that. So um, there's clearly areas to his game that he needs to improve on, but you're right. He's incredibly talented and he fits an area of need for the Hawks, which if we're completely honest is most areas across the park. Um, But, you know, a replacement for Bruce slash Gunston in a hybrid role um, would be perfect. And yeah, if we could get a package like that for Tom Mitchell, I think, that's the way we bring in players from other clubs um, by using players that we have on our list. So, um, and yeah, if we can sneak a pick in the forties too, because then we can look to potentially bundle that um, with uh, our second round pick to get another pick uh, um, in the top sort of 20. So um, yeah, that would give us options and more talent. And the the first thing, the first two things that we need to be looking for in this trade period is adding talent and adding draft options. So uh, that would be a yes for me. I wonder whether it would be a yes for Collingwood.
0: Danny, would it be like – and Brad, another name that's been out there is Tanner Broon from the Giants. I mean, is there some sort of deal where – was always a three-way deal where and you tell me if I, why, why this wouldn't work. I mean, is it something like Mitchell to Collingwood, uh, Colin would uh, give us a second round pick of some sort, uh, give us a pick of some sort, and then we give that to, Holland gives that to the Giants for Bruin. Or is, that, to, is that, that just not how it's going to work?
4: No, that would be the other way. But like Brad said, I don't think the Pies have a pick in that range yet. So they'd have to go and get creative to get it. But um,
3: That could come with the Grundy deal. That yeah, That come with the that, Grundy deal. They've
4: got just, a lot of lines in Yeah, fire.
3: just on Tanner Bruin, my mail and what I'm hearing is it's looking more likely than not that he's going to be playing for us uh, next season. I'd say it's, at the moment, better than, I would say, a six. you know, that it's better than a 50-50. I know there's a few other clubs. Geelong were interested. Uh, Hopper will end up at Geelong. Taranto's apparently making a decision at the end of this week. I could see him ending up at Collingwood. I mean, uh, the Tigers or Collingwood. I know Richmond were, uh, were one team who were linked to Mitchell, I think, last year as a Cochin a replacement. But I think uh, Tyler Sonsi has, you know, um, cemented his spot in the side. So I don't think Richmond will make a play for Tom. But I would be surprised if Tanner Bruin is not playing for Hawthorne next year.
0: You are the mailman, Brad. So if you're saying that, then uh, we should start think about what number he might wear at the club next year. So my thinking when I heard this news drop tonight is a couple of things. Firstly... Tom Mitchell, um, very much a – and I've been in a position I've got to know Tom a little bit over the over the journey, from interview, interview him a few times, very much your modern thinking AFL footballer. He would be a guy who, a bit of an NBA obsessive and he would be looking upon himself. He'd be looking at – this is an NBA sort of thing where the NBA players now, they play Brad, Danny, as you guys know, uh, two, three, four teams. It would not bother him in the slightest to move on and play for a third team. And so – he, not, this would be purely business for him. I'm also thinking that um, Clarko doesn't pull this deal because Clarko, and he said this as recently as a couple of years ago these North interviews, he felt a tremendous sense of loyalty to the people he brought to Hawthorne and he would have hated to have moved any of them on. Mitt, Sam Mitchell, I think, looks upon this. He would be sitting in the, can you just picture this, Daz? Sam Mitchell would be sitting in the whiteboard in Mark McKenzie's office. Um, they would have all sorts of uh, deals going in permutations. Sam Mitchell will be loving this in in a way and embracing this sort of money ball, new player sort of movement, radical play m- movement. A hell of a lot more than Clark ever did.
1: 100 percent. And I'm personally loving it as well. As brutal as it is, I think that's just the kind of moves that you have to make to succeed. Really, in in, in this day and age, and play loyalty as you said, Ash. It's not. It's not what it was. It's a business. Tom Mitchell is an ultimate pro and I wish him all the best in, in, in moving on and playing for a third club is not uh, the kind of stain on, on your career that it may have been back in the day. So uh, it just makes total sense that Sam Mitchell is having these thoughts and the fact that he did those exit interviews so early just shows his willingness to have direct conversations with players and if necessary move them on and be brutal in this, in this window.
0: Convers- the, the conversations in Mykonos with the boys, I don't know if you follow the, the Hawthorne boys' Instagram, but a big group of them are in Mykonos at the moment. Don't tell Cain Corns or anything like that. But uh,
1: <laughs> Yeah, on Skype, I think. They're just um, typing right. each other in the corner of the nightclub.
0: That's right. Um, the conversation, the, this would have dropped around lunchtime in Mykonos. So you can imagine what lunch is, as the boys having lunch right now on the, on the Greek islands, the sort of conversations they'd be having.
3: This is going to be one of those ones, though, which will be great for both our parties, like, uh, Daz said, and we've all said, Tom's been a champion uh, for the club. But it's just the timing's right for both our parties, so I think they'll work something out, and uh, he'll leave as a champion. He's a Brownlow medalist. I think
0: three, three Peter medals. Yeah, yeah.
3: Like he's a legend of our club. So um, you know he'll go with our, our blessing. He's not going to be one of those players who's going to be booed when we play against him. Um, uh, there's always idiots. There will uh, be a few, bit. you can't begrudge him. He'll go and hopefully, you know, play for a team are uh, challenging for a flag. He probably won't go to a north. Um, so he's going to have an opportunity to win a premiership. And he's still got, you know, a good three to four really good years of footy left in him if he lands at the right club. And if he's played in the right opposition, as Daz and I have said all year, it's been frustrating uh, to watch his supporters. And I can only imagine how frustrating how frustrated Tom's been having to play the position he has.
0: Well, here's some stats. According to AFL ratings, uh, in the centre square attendances for Hawthorne this year, John Newcomb was 66.7, Jager O'Meara 58.1, Tom Mitchell came in third at 50.1, followed by Connor Nash, James Warple, Josh Ward, Dylan Moore, Chad Wingard, uh, sort of round out the, the top group. Simon, my question for you is, what... And he's also on the trip at the moment with uh, Mitch and all the boys in Mikronos. What would James Warple be thinking right now? Yeah,
2: I'm pretty happy from James Warple, just quietly. Um, it's not a coincidence, I think, that his best season was the year that Tom Mitchell was out. Um, he's probably been overtaken by Giant Newcomb as like, the main real grunt man, but that's probably also not such a bad thing either. Um, that he can just get in there and probably Newcomb takes a bit more attention. And he can really up his role a little bit um, and take a bit more responsibility. Um, It's just one of those things where you'd love to give Warpal a bit more go, but if you've got Tom Mitchell, you you sort of have to let him in. And now that we don't have that, um, I hope that we can give Jimmy a bit more responsibility like we did um, was 2019. Um, And yeah, I'm pretty excited that he can maybe get back to some of his best footy.
0: Danny, so Tanner Brune comes to, to Hawthorne. How does it work? I mean, see, so are we just creating another? Is the club just creating another Rod back by bringing Brune in, or, or or does he add a different dimension to that midfield with Warper coming back into the side? Uh,
4: I don't. I mean, look at the end of the day, you're creating competition for spots, but in the right age demographic, right? So um, Tanner Brune comes in. He's 20 years old. He fits in with. Uh, Josh Ward and John Newcomb and and all those guys as the next generation. And, uh, yeah, Broon is an inside midfielder, but he's not a hulking inside midfielder. He's very classy by foot. Um, he finds a contested ball really well, so he can win the first ball. If you look at his stats this year, he's been playing off a half-forward flank because the unlike the Hawks midfield, the GWS midfield is actually quite hard to get into. And his stats are eerily similar to what Connor, McDonald's done for the Hawks. So, um, played 30 games already. He's had the AFL experience over two years, 15 games a year sort of thing. Um, he's, he's effectively at that stage that Dylan Moore was at where he's ready to explode. He just needs to be given the belief and the game time. So, um, you know, it it creates a challenge, but I think that's how good teams operate. Is they people, these players come in and and like Warple, he's not going to be guaranteed any game time in the midfield next year just because Tom Mitchell may be gone. He's still going to have to earn it, and that'd be the same as Brune. And they come in, they compete for a spot, um, and they they you know push each other and make each other better. So I think that's what you want. You just don't want to have what we had this year where. You know, you've got Wingard rolling through the middle, O'Meara and Mitchell, who could kind of only really play midfield, and they're at the right, wrong age of the age spectrum for what Hawthorne's trying to achieve. So moving on, Mitchell, um, you know, lessens or, or removes an issue with that logjam, and then the young players can battle it out for those spots.
0: Daz, do you think this was a mutually agreed outcome?
1: Yeah, look, I, th- I think. I think. If you if you just read between the lines of some of those decisions about sort of benching Mitchell through the year and um, limiting his game time, not starting him in the centre, I think that exit. What about interview, not being?
0: What about not being captain?
1: Yeah, well, that's true, and like I think that speaks volumes of, of where the club sees him. And he would have—he's a pro. He would have seen the writing on the wall. I think that exit interview would have been pretty frank, and I think. You know, I, I, I think I said on the spaces I would just be shocked or or maybe on the play ratings pod, I would just be shocked if Tom Mitchell came away from this this season and went, yeah, I reckon I've got another, you know, three years at, at Hawthorne um, because there were just so many signs and we could see him as fans. So you can only imagine the kind of conversations he was having with Sammy um, off the ground.
0: I'm wondering whether the... Uh... Simon, whether the new, the new mature Hawthorne will actually uh, put it out there that uh, announce it and saying that uh, Tom Mitchell requested a trade and we uh, will we'll endeavour to work with him to uh, find an outcome that's acceptable for both parties.
2: One would like to think that we are in 2022. I, I'm of the opinion that we should be able to do that during the season like the NRL does, like why not? Um, but that's just still one of the last taboos that we have in the game. Um, but I'm,
1: I'm. To be honest, I'm. I think they called Mitch Cleary and just told him.
0: <laughs> um, maybe it was a, good, a very good get, uh, very good get by Mitch. Danny, what? Um, just say and project. We're projecting here a little bit, of course. But just say the deal gets done for Mick, Tom Mitchell to leave. Tanner Bruin comes in. If Brad's mail is right, what are the early? What are your early thoughts as to how that affects the draft?
4: Uh, I don't think it does, to be honest, Ash. I think um, with that first pick, you still target the best available player, regardless of position. Um, we know that you know around the mark at our where our pick stands at the moment. If there are no um, changes, we're looking at probably drafting another midfielder, and that's fine because uh, as the numbers reflect, the midfield's our biggest issue. Um, and that needs to be addressed. So uh, this is one way of doing it. And then I think um, later in the draft, we've got the potential option for uh, Jerome Lawrence to be picked up as a father-son. He's 196 centimetre key position forward. So there's, uh, there's, there's somebody there as an option uh, to come in and um, potentially replace one of the, the big guys that may not um, make it to next year's uh, list that's currently on this year's list. So that's that's what I see. I don't think it changes too much.
3: Question from Dom. Do we have Dom? I know Dom, yes, is Dom. A huge
4: Tommy
0: Mitchell fan. He loves
4: Tommy Mitchell,
3: so I'm sure Dom's gonna Are you gonna fo- us-
0: First question, Dom, Are you gonna follow him to Collingwood next year? Pardon? Are you gonna follow Tom Mitchell to Collingwood next year?
5: They'll be uh, a more supportive team, I guess. <laughs> yeah. you, you got, got a Dom question is- for us?
3: Give us the um, more Dom White questions. Than- yeah, why is he worth a top 15 pick?
5: Well, I'd say salary is a big thing. Collingwood obviously in a bit of a squeeze at the moment, but it obviously depends more on what happens with Grundy, whether he goes to Melbourne, as it's been suggested, um, but also more so like um, where they value Tom Mitchell in the team. Yeah, I mean, they've got Adams as their main midfielder mid-school, in the inside, um, and I, I think Mitchell can do that role and better while feeding their outside players. And we just don't have that um, outside class uh, that, that can utilise him. And uh, obviously Sam wants to focus in the future.
0: Right. So um, how, how would you uh, how would you sum up his career at Hawthorne, Don? Pardon? What was that? How would you sum up Mitchell's career at Hawthorne?
5: Very good. I'd, I'd say obviously started off really, really well and um, was probably the best in the comp. Uh, in 2018, he was one of, them, one of the best in, 20, uh, in 2017. Um, I think he was a vice-captain for a few years um, throughout there or in the leadership group, as, as he has been. Um, but, I mean, obviously, since kaiko has gone and Sam's changed, their philosophy has, as coaches have changed, um, which probably affected Mitchell's um, career as a Hawthorne player. I don't think, like, say when, when Smith left for Geelong, I don't think he'll get anything close to that sort of... Um, like, reaction from Hawthorne fans. I don't think we get through nearly as much as what Smith did. Um, but, yeah, I think I think pr- a pretty good career as a whole here. Um, obviously, a pretty good career at Sydney as well. So we'll see how we go as a third club.
0: All right, Dom, thanks for joining us. Saint, you got a question?
6: Hey, mate. Uh, th- thank you, everyone. I'll keep it nice and short if you're all doing well. I'm a massive Hawthorne fan since birth, since '95. Um I may have missed a good portion of this one, but uh, where does everyone see the positions of, say, Jack Gunston, Luke Bruce, and Chad Wingard next year for the Hawks? Because very loved um, players and very, uh, yeah, very loved players of, of our club. Where do you think that they will be playing? Well, do you think they'll be playing as such a part of our club next year moving forward and so on? Or will, will we be looking to move any of them on?
0: Well, we'll go around quickly. I think two of the three will be playing Hawthorne next year for sure. I think Gunston will stay at Hawthorne. Yes.
6: Okay. Yeah.
0: I think Luke Bruce may not. I think Wingard will play at Hawthorne next year. I think uh, they want Wingard to. uh, (laughs) I think they want Wingard uh, fit and firing. From all reports, he's, he's. Already over the whatever the condition, what injuries were, mm. and uh, mm. the, the whole idea to put him out to pasture early was to get him to do a full preseason for the first time. I think uh, Brad since has been at the club, so yeah, oh, um, but Bruce is the one I'm I, Bruce is one I still think that if they were to get a
1: uh, a, mm-hmm.
0: a, a they could get a second round pick as well for Bruce, they can really do some nice things. If they can get a second round pick for Mitchell and a second round pick for Bruce, they can do some really creative work. Okay. Come the trade period, but I think that I wouldn't wouldn't want to lose uh, Gunson and Bruce and Mitchell because then the age demographic skews a bit low, mm. and you don't want to be. I mean, you don't want to do it off Melbourne or Adelaide and get and go too down <laughs> too quickly.
6: I'm with you. I um look. I mean, losing Luke Bruce, he's been a champion player for the club. I mean, all you know already that Luke is so Brucey has been such a such a clubman over the last few years and. He's one of the best small forwards in the comp. Losing him for just a second round pick, it doesn't really sit right. You know what I mean? But at least I am kind of glad that Wingard and, and Gunson, as indicated by you guys, are staying. Which is so that's one positive. Well, that,
0: we're not the oracles. It's just uh, we're, we're just yeah. uh, mug punters with, uh, with, with, with our own opinions. But uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, what are Thank your you, thoughts mate. on those two guys, uh, Brett?
3: Uh, I'm. I disagree with you. I think Chad will stay uh, with us. I don't think uh, we can get anything worthwhile trading him. His body has uh, let him down, but I reckon with Birch coming on board, I think he'll get him right. He's still probably, when fully fit, one of our top three best players and most important players. I think Gunston's going to go. I think he's going to get. Probably a, th- a decent three-year uh, offer from um, a challenging club, whether it's Brisbane. I know there's talk with Chris Fagan, Hodge and Birchall, their connection to get him to go up north. I know he's had a really hard uh, year on the personal front, so whether he wants to leave his family here, but he might look for a fresh start up uh, north. Brisbane will be challenging at least for the next two to three years. I think Bruce will stay. I know Bruce could have gone at the end of last year. GWS offered him a very attractive deal financially, but he decided to stay. Um, I think Bruce and Wingard will stay. I think Gunston will go.
0: All right. Well, we watch his face. Stuart, uh, good evening. You got a question for us. Stuart, good evening. Stuart, speak. All uh, right. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, we can. Sorry good about evening. That. Sorry. I'm terrified that Gunson's gonna leave us I really want him to stay but if he does leave us I, I want something back right so and we're not gonna get anything back if we because of Carl Amon so I reckon we offer him a big contract and then so and then then trade him and then pay part of that contract um, in that in that trade deal so we use a bit of our cap just to be able to get a pick back so does that make sense uh, Brad, it's uh, Danny. This is your department. Yeah, I'm not sure you can sign and trade the a guy
4: and then and then trade him straight away. I, I would think that there'd be some sort of uh, rule against that. I like the idea because I'm absolutely with you. The Gunston's the one I want to lose the least. Oh, absolutely. Because- Bec- well, and, and my and my reasoning for that is because we get nothing in return um and it's all about asset accumulation if we're moving these uh, older state elder statesmen on so um i think gunston's the one the longer it goes without him re-signing the more worried i get that his head might have been turned um and maybe he is looking at, at a move out but i would love Nothing more than for him to re-sign on a couple of year deal um, and and commit the rest of his career to the Hawks.
0: Can I just say how much
2: I love that idea? I've never thought of that before. Um, and if that is not yet a rule, we need to exploit that um, And before they close it, before they close that loophole. And then it'll just be another example of, of Hawthorne being ahead of the game and then after we've done something, they change the rule. Um, but if that's not outlawed,
0: then let's do it. Well, it's, it's in the NBA they do it uh, sign and trade. So rather than players walk out for nothing, they sign him and then they uh, trade him elsewhere. So you've got some currency and do it as a sort of deal. But um, again, there would be player managers and list managers who would love that sort of uh, action to take place in the AFL as they further deregulate the uh, the trade space, but uh, the player movement space. But I'm not quite sure the AFL's is always too just behind in this sort of thing and letting it happen. So, but uh, yeah, it would be interesting to happen I really hope we can, I really hope Ha kept uh, Jack Gunson I'd be pretty sad to uh pretty sad to see him go but um yeah the longer he hasn't signed the more ominous it looks uh, if they were to lose both Bruce and Gunson, will it be it would be short-term pain for Hawthorne I think I think they struggle to win eight games next year if they had if they were to lose Tom Mitchell and Luke Bruce and Jack Gunson but it maybe it's uh, and uh there's a couple of people in the media who speculated that might be Hawthorne next year. It might be going backwards on the ladder, but to get another 20 games into all these kids might be for long term gain. So we'll wait and see. We've got lots of questions, which is great. So, Bobby, good evening. G'day, gents. Uh, just on the, the Gunston issue, I, I suspect that uh, Brisbane would be willing to, to flick something our way, not to compromise their um, their compensation for losing next day on that, that tasty deal to Collingwood. Um, so that that might be an avenue to avoid the, the last listener's uh, uh, question. Um, what, what my only comment was with these potential movements and, and experienced guys leaving, th- does the the list balance seem a, a little a little out of whack? Um, uh, and what can we do in, in that in that sense? Are there any other older bodies that we we might be able to bring in? Um, and, and specifically Grundy because our, our ruck stocks look a little light. Uh, Danny, is there any way Hawthorne do a deal for Grundy? I, don't, I just don't see it. I think, look, um, good player,
4: but having a, you know, seven year, two years into a seven year deal uh, at his age just doesn't fit with what we're doing. I do agree with you, Bobby, though, and good shout about the Gunston to Brisbane thing. You're right. Um, if they're going to get any compensation from for, for Dan stay, then uh, they would need to do us a little solid. I don't think it would be anywhere near what Gunston's worth, but it would be something rather than nothing. Um, but going back to, to Grundy, I think, you know, while he would be a huge improvement over 2023, Ned Reeves, um, I think we've shown, um, and Ned has shown, that he's the future and we need to invest in him. I think if we bring another ruckman in, we're looking at, somebody who is more of a second ruck um, that can also pinch hit forward um, to support our forward line, which will need a bit of help. So, um, yeah, I think while it would be amazing to have a player of the calibre of Grundy feeding our midfield next year and it probably um, lessens some of the loss of some of those experienced players, I just feel like his contract, the size and the length of it, um, sort of goes
0: against everything we're trying to do at the moment. Collingwood would like to trade Grunt if they, to Hawthorne. I mean, it's, it, on the surface, Simon, it would be complete madness to trade him to Geelong or Melbourne if the teams there can be competing with Fremichael for the next couple of years.
2: Correct. And uh, I mean,
0: we are also, apart from anyone,
2: probably most in need of a ruck. Um, so it makes sense that um, we're also trading off a sort of player who's a bit older than we would like to have on our books. So they might even be trying to, throwing him our way, um, in exchange for Tom Mitchell, as part of that thing. Um, but I completely uh, second everything that Danny just said. It it doesn't make sense. It was like it was like when Geelong um, was just shipping off their players left, right, and center, and James Kelly went to Essendon, and Chapman went to Essendon, and then all of a sudden they turn around and go, "All right, let's bring Gary Ablett back," who's already it was like thirty three at the time, and it just it just kind of didn't make sense, and it didn't sit right. And how how are we supposed to tell? Um, these older players that we're trying to ship off and 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 sell for whatever we can get and then bring in Grundy who's probably a bit too old to be in our next premiership team that it how would you tell that to a Tom Mitchell or a or Jack Johnson
0: yeah uh, the thing about the list balance the list is could skew very young next year um, and the, the, in terms of how the, the, the balance list looks. I mean, the player that we haven't discussed, there's just no visibility. I mean, we've all got the gut feel that we think his home seeker wants to go home is Tyler Brockman. So, you know, if, if Brockman was to leave as well, as Brewston Gunson, I mean, they would be I mean, Sam uh Butler can be a nice player, but he's be a second-year player. But that to me is where they've got some concerns. You just like to think that they're not going to let all three uh leave the club das.
1: No, but I, I think it, it, the murmurings are that Bruce wants to leave and um, it's going to be hard to, to sort of retain him. And, and I'm worried too about where those 40 goals are going to come from next year if we do lo- lose those players. So there's going to be real issues in our forward line if we can't hold on to Bruce Gunston. Um, you know, obviously, there's some development that needs to happen with Cozzy. Um and we've moved Jekka back. So there's going to be serious problems in our forward line, I think, if we have that sort of that sort of off-season.
0: Well, maybe that's where Oli Henry comes into play, Danny. That they should that, That's a player they should be targeting.
4: Well, I think if they target somebody like Oli Henry, that's exactly why. It's because they know they're going to lose one, two or three of those um, forwards that you mentioned, Ash. And you just need to replace him with somebody that's ready to play. Um, and, you know, Seamus Mitchell came in as a, as a high half forward, small forward, but he just – his body's not ready. So if he gets a contract for next year, he just needs games, even at VFL level. So we really – the the cupboard would be bare. And then if you do lose those three, maybe you do change who you go for in the draft at that top end. And p- possibly look at somebody like a, a Bailey Humphrey, who is a forward midfielder kind of like a bit of a Jordan Degoe type without the off-field issues. So um, that that might be an option if we do lose a couple of these uh, key guys. But I think anyway you spin it, if you lose champions of your club like Gunston and Bruce, you're taking a backward step next year. There's no, no two ways about it. So um, I think we need to be prepared for that uh, if it eventuates. And um, you can't replace the, what, 70 goals that those guys have kicked with what we've got on our list. It's just not going to happen.
1: How many um, goals did Fergus Green kick this year in the VFL? Uh,
4: Plus plus 50, I think it was about (laughs) 55, 56. Hey, I mean, if you lose Bruce and Gunston, rookieing somebody like Fergus Green is not the stupidest idea in the world. Um, You know, he he wouldn't cost a pick in the national draft, chuck him on the rookie list, give him a few games and see what happens. Um, The other good thing about somebody like Fergus Green is, he is the sort of guy that everybody in the locker room will absolutely love and he brings the good vibes. And that's not what gets you a spot on the list, but that's often what keeps you in a, in a, in a club and on a list uh, in elite sports. So um, he'd definitely be worth a look at um, as just a, a top bloke who, who can seriously play. Let's not underestimate his ability to play football. Uh, he is far too good at the, for the VFL level.
0: All right, we're going to wrap up the discussion there. We're going to be talking about this and a whole lot more uh, on our off season or our trade uh, spaces as we go along. Before we finish, I don't know a Aketch is listening to us because she just signed on. Uh, very quickly, well, I just want to, before we go talk about the events of last Saturday night at Marvel Stadium. The Hawks lost to Essendon in the historic first ever AFLW game. Simon, you were there uh, wearing a funky beanie cause I saw you from a distance. I was there. Uh, it was a great
2: night at footy, wasn't it? Oh, it was so special. Bit of history for the Hawthorne Footy Club. And I just I just sat there just beaming the whole night. Like, what am I watching? This is unbelievable. Just to see um, a, a, a group of ladies just go out there and, and represent the jumper. Um, first time for the club. It, it was so surreal. Um, and I really got behind it. And now I'm, you know, first name, nickname basis with all the players and, and it's just um I'm just so excited for next week. Is this how all the other clubs have felt for like six years? I mean I think they it, have. Yeah, I'm just I'm still literally still buzzing and I'm like excited for the next game. Um, um,
0: and they didn't take any crap for messing them with a bit of the push and shove before half time on the shades of the eighty four eighty five grand final, which was uh, Good to see. And uh, it was noted by a few people how how smooth Brad, the first centre clearance, was of the night by Hawthorne. Uh, it was as clean as anything we'd seen for the men's team all year and Jasmine Fleming can play.
3: Oh, it was brilliant. I tuned in uh, uh, for the whole game. I thought the quality and standard was actually uh, fantastic. It was a great game. The atmosphere was brilliant. Uh, the company uh, that I work for, uh, we're lucky enough to produce and broadcast four games of women's footy per week for our uh, Channel 7. And we've been speaking about it in the office all week. Uh, we spoke about how good it was to have the game at a Marvel uh, stadium. It just makes you feel like it's, you know, the uh, atmosphere was brilliant on Saturday night. I'm excited. Like, if that was the first game, think about how good it the team and our club's going to be in the future. You know, I thought they were brilliant. Jazz Fleming, I think, is going to become a fan uh, favourite. She was sensational in the midfield, came up against some really good uh, players. uh, Sparcus was, you know, really, really good for the Bombers. Uh, And I thought, yeah, overall, it was brilliant. So exciting for us, exciting for the club. And it's only going to get bigger and better
0: of course, the first home game Sunday afternoon at Box Hill City Oval. They're sort of a bit itinerant this year, the Hawthorne AFLW team, but they've got two games at Box Hill City Oval. The first of those against St Kilda at 10 past four Sunday afternoon. So, get there if you can. Certainly watch on telly if you can um, as the girls seek their first win. They will win a couple, based on what we saw on uh, Saturday night, they will win a couple of games this year. I don't think they'll be a 0-10 team. They will get hold of one or two teams before the uh, season is done. So that was that was terrific. So we say well done to them and uh, give them all the support you can. So Ash, that is
4: – yes. Ash, if we can just touch on one thing. I think um, like we saw the video from the Hawthorne AFLW site on Twitter around Sophie Locke who played uh, her first game, I think after two weeks after losing – um, her, her mum took a battle with cancer and how uh, incredible um, that she was the person to kick uh, Hawthorne's uh, first goal in AFLW I thought she had a phenomenal game and um, just those are the kind of moments I think that um, just make it every, puts everything into perspective and I think um, you know that was that was absolutely the highlight for me uh, along with uh, a catcher's uh, massive tackle um, in the defensive. 50. But yeah, there were some um, some really good things, and I think that is pretty special. I think that's one of those ones that lives uh, lives in the memory forever.
0: Yeah, it was uh, there was just so much to like about it. They they, they did fall away late, but uh, they pushed Essendon, and there was and uh, uh, Zoe Barbacus, a couple of her goal sense her her, her her sense around the goals was terrific. So we're lamenting the loss of a couple of gun small forwards in the men's team, but uh, they've found already one, a really good one. For the AFLW. That has been the Spaces. Thank you for joining us at very short notice. We only hatched the idea for this at about, uh, the story dropped at, uh, I think, seven o'clock, and we only hatched the plan for this about 15 minutes later. So, uh, to come do this. So, thanks to the guys for postponing your evening plans to jump on. And thanks to everybody. Our numbers were incredible this week, which goes to show that I think people are a lot more interested in Hawthorne now than they were for the last six weeks of the uh, home and away season. So, we plan to bring you another proper spaces next Thursday night, taking a break tomorrow night. Of course, if more player news breaks in the meantime, we'll do this again before then. Um, but we thank you for support of Forks Insiders. $5 a month, $50 for the year. Our exit survey is continuing. Gentlemen, I've, asked, I've sent you some homework and you've been very poor so far, but... Uh, you need to write your uh, the assignments I've given you for the exit survey. So we have some more content going up on the sub stack before too long. So we thank you all. Uh, Daz, thank you for making it happen at the last minute. Any more housekeeping I need to know?
1: No, that's what I feel pretty exhausted, actually. I felt like I was uh, manning <laughs> the phones there at uh, Talkback Radio for a bit. We had thanks, everyone, for their questions. And, um, yeah, really, thanks for joining us at such late notice tonight.
0: Yeah, we've developed a really great little community here with a lot of familiar faces and a few new ones that we could see on tonight. So uh, thank you for the support. Spread the word. Um, I know that uh, the Hawk Talk pod guys are doing theirs tomorrow night, which will be worth a listen, as they consider these meaty issues about Hawthorne as well. So uh, support them. We'll be back, as I said, next Thursday night, Uh, unless, as we say, there's breaking news from the Hawks in the meantime. So thanks, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week and your weekend. And... uh, Enjoy the finals. It's always a great time of year as well for good games. Plenty to talk about in those as well. We might have a bit of a look at those through Hawthorne Lens as well next week. So thanks, everyone. Enjoy the next few days and good night.